Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Thank you. We are grateful for your goodness towards us. Whenever we come to your house, we know we've come to meet with you. My heart cry once again is that since we started this morning, whether in the workers group or in the Bible discussion classes, the salt of the spirit or the worship and everything we've done, we know you've been with us. So once again, show yourself strong. Speak to us in these next few minutes. Move, Holy Spirit, move. Solve issues and problems. Confirm us in the place you have called us unto. And let your name be praised forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I just want to give, it's probably going to be the first time I've ever done this. Uh, The message I'm going to talk to you about today, um, kind of want to give you a bit of a caution. Uh, uh, The reason being that um, sometimes in the past one week or so, God has been showing me a few things. And uh, it's more along the line that um, we're going to be eating more of solid food and less of milk. Um, and, and this actually is not that kind of solid food, but it's moving towards that. Uh, the problem with solid food is that it can be offending um, because when you chew on it, uh, this is how Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14 puts it. He said, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. But solid food, that is strong meat, as the old King James Version calls it, belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So we're in the season of strong meat. But I will not call this one strong meat. I will probably call this one, well, tenderized, you know, all those um, long-cooked meat, huh? Um, I love, does anybody like um, um, lamb shank? Uh, you want me to rush this message so that I can go and look for lamb shank to eat? You know, it's slow cooked, uh, it's got bone in it, but it's also very chewable. Uh, it melts in your mouth, as well as if it is well marinated and then soaked properly in the right kind, yeah. Please listen to the message. Don't forget about that food now. You know, and dripping very well with fantastic gravy, and you know, it's it, it could be awesome. Hallelujah. So, all right, come back now. Come back to the room. So that's the kind of thing we discuss about. So please don't feel offended. Some of the things you will hear may want to offend you. You will need to choose not to be offended. Because there will be some insinuations that will be made. There will be some inferences that you may want to draw from what I'm saying that may point to the fact that you are not recognized for all the effort you have made. But that is not what I'm talking about. So, but those that the message is for, they will immediately latch out onto it and they will run with it. And I'm sure God will be glorified in their lives in Jesus' name. Our text is taken from Luke chapter 11, and I read verses 5 through to verse 10. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through to verse 10. 
He says, then teaching them more about prayer. If you give me the New Living Translation so that they can read with me, that would be helpful. Then teaching them, that is Jesus teaching them more about prayer. Yeah, is that the one? Correct. He used this story. And the story went like this. He said, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, that is your friend, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, Though you won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, it will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Hallelujah. I love Jesus because because he keeps people thinking. Any suggestion for the title for this message? And genuinely this time, I will give you a good gift. Not a handshake. Shameless persistence. Not quite, sir. Huh? Never stop. No, no. Keep knocking. Uh-huh. Don't give up. Those are all my points you have mentioned. You have tried. But the topic is none of that. I call it the art of asking. It's an art. You see... <laughs> Life is so full of all sorts of things. You see three people, they all have the same need, and all those three things are in the same place. Possibly, there's one of them that will not even bother to ask. Just keep thinking that the person knows that I have need of it that they will give me. Another one may just ask for a short while, and all kinds of combinations we may have. But I find that there are some people in life, for one reason or another, they tend to get what they always desire in one form or another. I don't know how... But I started studying them. Instead of, you know, making excuses for myself, instead of um, kind of just trying to say God is not fair and all the rest of it, I said, why do they always get what they're looking for? Why is it that in their own case, they seem, and that's why I'm pointing it inward. That's what I said, can offend you. Because some of us, we've been asking God for some things for many years. Those things don't seem to have come. And this might be, you know, a suggestion to you that I'm saying, oh, it's because you have failed well. Partly because of that, but I point the fingers back onto myself. Where are there some of my contemporaries and colleagues? Where are there some people that we started out in life as young children? Why is this that they have moved ahead in some areas? I know God's plan is there. I know that. I know destiny is there. I know that. I know God's purpose is there. I know that. But I'm telling you, if I will be honest with myself and you will be with yourself, there are things that we could have stepped into that we have not stepped into simply because we've not learned how to ask. It's an art. And you parents, you know that. Thank God children are not here. Some of them, they know how to get things out of you. True or false. And it's not necessarily you love one more than the other. True or false. They just know how to. They know the right buttons about you to press. Ranging from screaming to crying. 
from blackmail or to manipulation. From genuine being nice so that they can get what they want. The day they want something that is where they will do, they ask chores very well. The day they don't want anything from you, there's going to be a lot of chores for you to get them to do the chores. You know, sometimes because it's an extra chore for me to get them to do the chore, I just do the chore myself. You've been there before. You plead, you cajole, you do everything. I say, I'm exhausted. Okay, just go away. I'll do it. But the point remains, brethren, there is an art of asking. I pray that the Lord will teach you. I pray the Lord will teach me. I pray that all the examples in the Bible, your name shall be added to those examples in the name of the Lord Jesus. It does not need to take long. It can be so quick that you change in the way you know how to ask. So, those who always seem to get what they want tend to have the following in common. Number one, they are highly convinced about and sometimes compelled by their need. That they will go anywhere to get what they want. Sometimes at great loss to them. They are highly convinced about what they are looking for. Sometimes they are even compelled by that particular need in their life that will drive them to go anywhere until they get what they are looking for. And in the process of looking, they incur a lot of loss. It's not that it's just because they are searching and it's not ever unkidori. Many a times, they have incurred a lot of losses in there. See this man, he was very shameless. In fact, before I got that version, the old King James, I didn't use shameless. It's one of the points I made. I said, there is a compulsion about them that makes them unashamed to ask anyone they come across. They just don't, they anywhere, they just, they just ask. Sometimes I cringe for them. Sometimes I worry. Sometimes they fall into wrong hands. They bounce from the wrong hands. They try again. Have you, have you seen people like that before? Not the decent ones like you and I. Not the posh ones like you and I. I don't want anybody to rubbish me. I don't want anybody to talk down on me. Am I the only one with problem? The last one I asked was talking as if I'm not even human. Talking as if I'm just, I'm just, I'm just you know, a, a bit of a piece of trash somewhere. They don't have that. They are, they be, why are not to have that? They are generally shameless. Take my shame away, Lord. Make me shameless. When I'm pursuing what you ask me to pursue. These are people who will go for the far ends of the earth. Jesus, our Lord, apart from the story, the parable that he gave, in where we read in Luke chapter 5, he went, Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 8, he went to give us, the Bible went to record a real life experience for us in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 44. And you probably will know this story, Mark chapter 5, 25 to 44. That was the woman with the issue of blood, you remember? And I think one of the verses says something very, very instructive. And let it be bothersome to me, verse 26. Let's put verse, verse 25 and 26 on the screen. And that tells you the kind of nature that needs to be wired into me and must be wired into you. Hallelujah. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, verse 26. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. Doctors. And over the years... 
She has spent everything she had. She had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Please, 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 I beg of you, stop giving doctors bad press. I don't think those guys, they were charlatans. I don't think they just wanted to punish her. I don't think, just like doctors of today, sometimes you do your level best, is just not good enough. You agree with me? Many cases that are in the hands of doctors, believe you me, they cry in their own house to see it solved, but they just don't have the capacity and the ability to solve the problem. I treated a man many years before. He had what we call a windswipe injury. Windswipe injury is that, you know, a common in tropical environment, um, whether you are in Spain or Nigeria or in Africa or possibly in places like Australia where, you know, you have a lot of good weather and you can have the extra fun. Oh, let the day come in Aberdeen. When you are driving, you wind your windows down, you can, you can put your hand on the, you know what I'm talking about. And then you are driving with one hand, and then you just get in the good breeze. And so windswipe, you know, injury simply means that as he was driving, another car went past him and knocked away. Aha, don't let me be too, don't let me be too details for you. And so it was a nasty injury. The only thing we probably could have done for him to have helped him would have been to probably give him a total elbow replacement. Now, elbow replacement is a very rare surgery. There are very few. You can do knee replacement, hip replacement, or the force that was being done. And so anyway, I treated this guy, believe him, I was a Christian. The hospital I saw him as a believer was called Jehovah Rapha Hospital. <laughs> J. Rapha. No. Yeah. I was, I was moonlighting there. I was, I was moonlighting there. I was working in the gospel hospital, but I do my evening job there. J. Rapha. We started ministry. We started hospital in the body with prayer. I did all for this guy. I would dress the wound myself. I would do everything with this secondary closure, all sorts of things. But it was such a nasty thing. It got to a point, the man, it got to a point, the man came onto me personally because I took special interest in him. He said, you know, doctor, you have tried. He said this in the, in the Nigerian pidgin language. He said, doctor, you don't try. He said, he will go and try somewhere else. Of course, he went to the herbalist. Of course, eventually came back. Of course, we had to amputate it eventually because they messed it up more. Now, are you understanding what the scripture was saying there? That woman was so desperate, she's been to doctor to doctor, not because they wanted to punish her, but that never made her to be bitter. She still had a Jesus. And this time around, the faith was so high that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, oh Lord, give me such a heart. Give me such a heart. All these things we read, we glib over them, we, we rush over them. But these are meat in this stuff that scripture has recorded for us. What a heart you had, oh woman. You know, when we get to heaven, you're talking of seeing David. I want to see this woman. How did you manage? And the Bible says, some of course, she must have come across a few charlatans. Anyway, who took her money? I didn't do anything. But yet she still said, if I may just touch, didn't blame God. Something was driving her. My brother, my sister, we won't blame God anymore. Let it drive us. How shall I stand before God with this woman? And yet in the midst of it, she got what she was looking for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will get yours too. And please, let me reinforce this point one more time. Circumstances of life can dictate that people that are trying to help you is not because they are bad, but they are just helpless. Go to the master strategist, the impossibility specialist. 
go to him. Lawyers will tell you there are some cases that they have in their hand. It's even more difficult for lawyers because, you know, for a doctor, your decision is only based between you, the patient, and God. For a lawyer, you have third, fourth persons that are involved. No matter where you present the case, not how clever you are. You can have a very nasty judge. Just, you are walking through that door. Is you bringing that case? I will show you. I mean, a case was reported just a few days ago about a woman. I know they misquoted her. She was found drunk driving. Top there, you know, very high level of alcohol. And the judge said, a woman judge said, he said, you have been a man, I will have, he said, I will, stay, I will have stay, sent you, did anybody write it in the newspaper? He said, I will send you st- st- straight down the stairs. And everybody was in uproar. He said, because you are a woman. Now that's human judgment. Now what I'm going on about all this, brethren, is that when, pe- when you meet people and they wanted to help you and they did not succeed in helping you, don't necessarily take it against them. Is that okay? Because that in itself is very liberating. Point number two of the things that we see that is common among those who tend to always have what they are looking for. They translate their thoughts into words and action. They translate their thoughts into words and actions. And that was found in Luke chapter 15, verses 17 to 19. Luke chapter 15. We can go back to the New King James Version now. Luke chapter uh, 15, 17. And that was the story of the prodigal, so you remember him. And, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's higher servants are bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Verse 19, 18, please, I will arise and go to my father, and we say to him, Father, I have sinned against you. She, he thought about it, verse 19, please, verse 19, and I'm no longer, and then by verse 20, just leave it at that, it eventually rose up. Many a times, uh, what we call asking, actually, is just thinking. Even in the place of prayer, you are really not asking, you are just thinking. You are only wishing. And if wishes were horses, who will ride? Even beggars will ride. Unfortunately, beggars don't get to ride it. We're just thinking. All these things that you are hearing, you might just be thinking, I can, yeah, that sounds good. And Lord, you know, it's not Lord, you know. It's formal presentation of your request before the Father. And say it clearly, say it humbly. Many a times it's only in our head. It has not got into our heart to come through our mouth and present it decently before God. That's why I said don't be offended because you might be offended. You've thought of this so much. You've thought that you did that better job somewhere else. You've thought of this blessing. You've thought of that blessing. But it's about time you put your words, your thoughts into words and even furthermore into action. Number three, because of our time, Quite a lot I have to go through here. Those who seem to get what they want all the time don't do guesswork. They will ask what they don't know at the risk, at the risk of exposing their ignorance. They don't do guesswork. <laughs> you remember that man? What's his name again? Um, that should be Nicodemus, isn't it? John chapter 3, that went unto the Lord. And trust the Lord. He said, are you a master in Israel? You didn't know this thing. I said, ah, uh, mister, you're supposed to know better. And the man was profoundly ignorant. He, he exuded ignorance from all the pores in his body. But one thing was sure that night. That man went, to, went back home born again. Are you prepared to ask questions that will expose your ignorance? The lecturer taught me. 
He said that the further you go down the way, when we were still very young in school, that if you don't ask the question you need to ask now, when you get to another grade in your career, you will not be able to ask again. Because they will say, ah, you didn't know that. That's it. And years are passing. The only time you held back from asking, I said, I don't know. Please tell me now. It is becoming more difficult as the days go by. There is no way I will stand here and start asking, what is water baptism? You should be able to willingly, after the service, have a meeting and say, that you should know who is pastoring your church. Because that is past. And so, all this, and when, that when we opened, it was at a great risk that we opened up what we opened up on Wednesday. Those that were here on Wednesday, that we said we don't want people to be asking questions. It was at an incredible risk. And all sorts of questions came about. The only thing they didn't ask me, I thought they would eventually ask was that any of you. But we keep it going. We keep it going. What we plan to do is that since that has come up now, is that we'll probably have once a quarter general questions, but every service will just be the question related to that so that people can get the best out of it. But questioning is important. The ability to ask is important because those that will go far, they will need to be... Number four, very quickly, they don't go do trick questions, and I will be quick on that one. They don't do trick questions, amen? Real learners don't ask to trap others. They are too concerned about getting the solution than about getting at others. They are too concerned about getting the solution than about getting at others. And many at times, I grew up in that, in a system when I was first, when I was a very young believer. You know, we normally have what is called, uh, just like the adult Sunday school we have, which is called the, son, uh, the Bible teaching on Sunday, group teaching. And then after that, we have what is called a review. That review is that the pastor himself will come and answer all questions. That was the sweetest part of the service for me. If I sweeter than someone. Because it would deal in depth. But do you know in that room, in that Christian room, just as some of the questions of Wednesday you were asking me, there were people asking questions not because they wanted to know, but because they want to trap. And, with, and it, was the, it was the first man that just opened that up unto me. And, you know, very clever man. He would, would just answer like Jesus. He would ask another question, they would sit down. And they say, how can you come? You left your home. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's stupidity. I mean, you left your home. You should live here equipped and filled with knowledge of God. And your only agenda is so that you can catch the man in a world that will speak that does not benefit you, that does not benefit him. Is that the way to live a life? And there are people that do that. Even in church. There are people that will book a whole appointment to see me on a Thursday only to come and throw a, a trick question at me. Only to come and see how they're going to catch me at my word. And since I had that background, since 1980, came to about 1986, up to date, my antennae have been very good. And I'm sure that somebody will be sitting there. I hope not. You are not in church today, such a person. Oh, you think you can catch me? I'll get you next time. And I know the way the Lord defends me is that the way you want to book appointment, I will not be available. And God has always been backing us up. You see, those that are desperate, they ask what is beneficial. They think it through. You could feel their heart. Even if you don't know the answer, heaven's open to supply the answer. Don't you know some of the questions you ask? Almost all the questions you ask, one doesn't have answers to them. Sometimes when I go back home, a few might be fine in between. 
And the answers were given. It just blew my mind. We were somewhere not long ago. We see the issue of this tithing. We don't want to please just stop this nonsense. Talk about tithing and offering, please. If you want to give, just give. That's another topic for another day. And one woman there gave an answer. I, I mean, I nearly screamed. It was like a panel. One of, the, one of the leaders that they put, and she just came up with, she probably picked it somewhere else before, or it came out to her at that moment, but that, that blew my mind. Is that this issue of tithe? Because we always start tithing from where? From anybody? Where do we start this, this first tithing? From Abraham. Well, he came about the issue of tithing and giving even before Abraham. He said, from the beginning, and the Lord of first mention counts. He said, from the beginning, God has always put a demarcation between what belongs to him and what belongs to you in any giving, in any blessing he has given unto you. In the garden of Eden, he said, this is the old garden. These belong to you and these belong to me. That did it for me. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about the art of asking. Are you there with me? If you ask right, heavens will open to supply the answers right. And we're not just talking about, this topic was supposed to be about how you ask for your neighbors, how you ask your boss, how you ask your wife. From what is supposed to be the normal duty for one another. Some of us are not good at even at asking. And you ask your husband about what's supposed to be the normal thing that he is supposed to supply and to provide. It's a broad topic. So I'm not just talking about asking God. There's an art of asking that cuts across everywhere. I've seen some of the letters some of, some of us have written. To even ask for favor, if not for God's favor, the letter itself destroyed the favor you are looking for. I've seen it many times before. We've written government before. When I read through some of the things, I said, this is what you're going to, say. Said, is what you're going to re- write to the authorities to review your case. He said, yes. He said, I've submitted it already. Ah! I thought this was where I go. He said, no, that's, that's not what I'm planning to. He said, the thing is gone. I said, oh God, let's go as fast and pray. Because this is that you have written. There's an art of asking. Is someone on the same page with me? It's an art of asking. And it doesn't come from a proud heart. It comes from a humble heart. It doesn't come with a sense of entitlement. It comes from a friend that don't deserve it. Those that get the best. None of us deserve anything from the Lord. The only thing we deserve is judgment and punishment. I wake up every day. I say, God, you have a huge sense of humor. Since you saved me and throughout my journey, in little things, in big things, you still said, yes, I knew you before I chose you. I knew you. And you may be sitting down there. God will sort you out. They will sort you out. It might look like an impossible you know, mountain to scale. You will scale it anyhow. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many have we said? Yeah. If I give you four, okay. Let me give you five. At least you get 50%. Is that okay? Because since they say my time is over. So I'll just give you five out of the ten. And then you can go home. Pray to God. He will give you the rest. You see, I'm putting your asking capacity to test. <laughs> None of you blink an eye to say, ah, no, give me all. Or you just thought I was joking. No, you didn't think so. <laughs> you are not sounding desperate. <laughs> you are not sounding desperate. Hallelujah. Are you getting the gist, folks? 
Because it's all about, not even about the contents of what I'm sharing with you. It's about passing the spirit across. That desperation to just, I want, I want it. I want to dig in. Number five. They are often prepared to pay any price, any price to gain their prize. They are often prepared to pay any price to gain their prize. And Luke chapter 19 verses 1 to 10 says that very clearly. That was what the man shot down Zacchaeus. You know, very incredible man. He said, he heard about Jesus. Everybody hated him. He was representative of, of the government at that time, just like any taxman is not loved. Some top taxmen, actually, they don't have their phone numbers on, in the phone book. When you used to have phone books, many of them, they are almost like MI5 members. Taxmen have always been hated. So this man was heavily hated in society, and nobody loved him. And then he found Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible said he wanted to see Jesus, but because he was too short, he climbed a tree, a top official. And then Jesus knew his heart. Stopped there. As soon as the man came down, he started making offers to Jesus. He said, I know I've cheated. I've stolen money. He said, for everything that I've cheated, I will pay double back. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, this is a serious man. There are prizes to pay, folks. I've come to the point of, maybe I'll take this topic again. There's so many things to say. There are prizes to pay. Amen. Don't let anyone deceive you. There are prizes to pay. There are prizes to pay for your spiritual development. There are prizes to pay. Those prizes, they are usually not in terms of time spent in front of the television watching Brexit news. Neither is it. Some of you don't watch telly anymore, but you watch iPad, you watch your phone. And it might look mundane. It might look, oh, I've heard that before. Unless we make changes. I need to discipline myself, especially because of a great political heart that I have. I have to discipline myself. If I thank God, Brexit, God, it's a blessing. You know, most political news, you want, you want more. Brexit, you've had enough. So, that's the kind of problem I like. You know, some problem, you just had it up to here. And most of the time, we waste too much time on where we should not waste time on. I know all the social media we're talking about. Brethren, if you will know God, you must have moments of quietness. You must look for it. And those are prizes to pay. In actual fact, the way to the top is very lonely. Those who will have significance, you must learn how to pull away. If you don't have problems, maybe not. But if you have problems, like me, I mean, all of them are not my personal problems. But as long as an issue in this room is a reflection that I have a problem, until God tells me that, well, hands off. Just send me hands off. So don't think that I go to bed that easily. Because I could see challenges all around me. See, our general oversight sometimes with the burden of the problem in the life of people. You could see that he was not thinking about himself. He raised the prayer, you know, because the spread of, you know, cancer is it's almost an epidemic of it worldwide now. And if you know a normal representation of any group of people, um, if there are 100 people here, it's simply like 100 people outside. So, so the representation of issues of cancer is not higher within the church than outside. It's just a representation. But, you know, I'm bringing statistics in. He's a spiritual man, a mathematician himself, better than me in that. But 
you know, I know that medically speaking, this is, 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 is an epidemic everywhere. It's, that's bothered him a lot. And that, that was like a problem for him. He's been praying in secret. Not around me anymore, oh God. Make me an exception. 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, pastors, senior pastors, all sorts of people. Just representation of what is outside. It is strange unto him. I don't blame him. No, because we get a little bit desensitized, not completely, because we do see cases and, and we just, okay, yeah, that's what happened. But yet carries that burden. You have to ask God. And I'm trusting God that such prayers have been answered. That such kind of incurable diseases will be rare in our midst. And I hear struggling marriages. I don't sleep well about it until they are resolved. We married so many years, we still expected that blessing has not come. All these things, they all come together and there are things we need to put all our energy. There's a price to pay. Your tummy will pay part of the price. Your sleeping pattern, we have to pay part of the price. Or else one will remain insignificant. Better somebody to call a minister before. Had breakfast, had lunch, had dinner, and ate in between. Though he picked the microphone, but a lot of what I know. If I do that, that's not sustainable. I do that, I can come and make noise over you. It's not what I'm depending upon is not what I'm telling you. Now I might no, I might just read the response to you and we go. What I'm depending upon is not what I'm just telling you now. It's not just laughter. What I'm depending upon is that God will penetrate hearts as you live here. And that doesn't come by just the preaching. It comes by some of the things you did before. That your heart will be gripped after you've gone, after we have all dispersed. God will still keep working our hearts. Comes at a price. What about your personal need? There's a price to pay. May God supply what you need to pay the price. Because when we talk of price, don't forget 2 Corinthians chapter 9, is it chapter 8, chapter 9, 9, it says that it's God that supplies the seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Even the ability to fast. Ask God to give you the ability. Some of you, you've made all the excuses to not do the normal discipline. Any adult that is sleeping 10 hours a day, regularly, there are moments when we need to sleep. And please, that's why I say it's hard meat. Now, it come critical, it might come offending, but those who are interested, they will pick it and they will make necessary adjustments. Those who want to just say, and the commonest thing is that, ah, some people don't do anything like that, they get resolved. Okay, that's okay, fine. But what I know is that anything that is sustainable comes at a price. Nothing good is cheap. Are you prepared to pay the price? To keep your mouth shut rather than talk? To get up in the middle of the night and pray? Are you prepared? God will help us. There was this story in Luke chapter 19 verses 1 to 10. Where Jesus Christ met a young ruler. And he said, there's one thing you lack. He said, from my youth. He said, I shall not commit adultery. I shall not murder. He said, all this is I've done from my youth. Then the Lord said, the Lord looked at him and said, there's one thing you lack. What was it? He said, go and sell all that you have and do what? And give to the poor. 
And he said the man went away very sorrowful because he was very rich. He had much possession. You know when that man went away, you know what he was thinking? Nobody does that. Rabbi, what are you talking about? I'm rich. Nobody does that. But the mistake he was making is that actually some people did that. Actually, Peter did that. He got a miracle from the Lord in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. And the Bible said he left all. In his own case, was even more. He was not given time to plan. Elisha did that. So when you keep saying, you are hearing all these things that I had, he said, nobody does that. It's just from your own head. Well, you don't know. Search deep and far. There are people that actually did that. They did it. You didn't know. They did it. That's why they are where they are. He never knew that Peter standing by the side of Jesus did that. It was said Peter that they asked the Lord question. He said, in his graciousness, he said, Lord, then probably felt for him. But Peter probably forgotten what he did. So all those fish, did they go rotten? Just left it. You had a truckload of consignment delivered unto you. He just walked away. Elisha had his yoke of oxen. Just walked away. Don't say nobody does that. Don't say nobody pays that price you don't know. And he that knows everything knows that what he's asking of you, he knows that people can do it and you can do it. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about meat. There's no milk. Because what, does it, what is the gain for you and I? If after all these years we can't handle that which God has promised us. They understand very early, number six, that life is not fair. And that nothing comes easier in life. Matthew eleven twelve, the kingdom of God has suffered violence and the violence taken by force. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. The Syrophoenician woman. You remember the woman? In verse 27. You see, we joke about that a lot. If any pastor tries that now, you are done for. Call your church member dog. Jesus Christ said, it is not right for me to give the bread of children to dogs. I hear the woman's answer. What, was she, what did she say? He said what? Say it louder. Meaning what? I'm a dog. Yet, even the little dogs do what? I'm not even a big dog. You see the crumbs which fall under from their master's table. Offense, offense, offense. He prayed with me. Thank God. I was listening to the testimony remotely. Sylvester didn't get too angry with me. We brought matter. I say, I'm dying. You brought matter. You just wave your hand. But God proved himself. Brethren, life is not fair. I'm not the first one to live here. Stop moaning. Everybody, they've got their own issues that are resolved, are being resolved, and you are not being singled out for special punishment. Ancestrally, this might be affecting us. It's got, it might even have nothing to do with your past or your present. It might just be the devil having a go at you. And God is saying, run to me, I will help you. 
I was standing there and moaning and complaining. Doesn't change anything. And anyway, who tells you that the man you are looking over your shoulder, the woman that you think is totally sorted, do you know what he's going through? Topic for another day. Number seven. They are not easily offended. I won't talk about that. Make sure that you won't form another. They are good at presenting their case or cases. Number nine, they have absolute faith in God. To the extent they have absolute, so number seven again, they are not easily offended. Matthew 15, 21 to 28, where we read. And then 2 Kings chapter 5, 1 to 14, that was Naaman. Number eight, they are good at presenting their case or their cases. That was Luke 15, that was the prodigal son. Presented his case very well. I would have loved to go through his case with you, but we've not got the time. Number nine, they have absolute faith in God to the extent that they believe God can meet their needs through anyone or anything. They have absolute faith in God to the extent that they even believe that God can meet their needs through anyone or anything. So they, they ask, and that's why it's not because they are foolish. They just, who knows? God can use a donkey. God can use this possibly hell-bound person to help me. You know, as Christians, sometimes I, I fell for that. If you're not a Christian, I'm not ready to take anything from you. You know, God is God of the whole earth. You can use anybody for me. If my key is in your hand, I'll knock on your door. Please, can you give me the key? That doesn't remove anything from me. So they need to have that kind of faith to be able to get something from the Lord. Amen. And uh, the life of Elijah spoke of that. Uh, Raven fed him. Angels fed him, a widow fed him. So anyone, anybody can be used <laughs> to meet his needs. Number 10, they always eventually get to the place where that request will be met. And that is just the right conclusion, okay? So for them, eventually, their needs are met. And your needs will be met. Our needs will be met. God, we more importantly teach us the art of asking. Mm. I've not talked to you a lot. I'm giving a practical example on the, the niceness of how to present your case. That's a whole topic in itself. What should go? He said, the gift of a man makes room for him and bring him before kings. No? I'm not talking of just material gift, your words. Some people are asking something from you, the way they come across. Even if you have it, you will never give them. Give them. They come with all the arrogance of who they are. They come with all the arrogance of, even if you don't do it for me, you are losing. It just doesn't, just, 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 just doesn't jail. <laughs> you know, in a fear not to put yourself down. Those, you know, I mean, I know in our generation, groveling is not nice, you know, to just, but I don't know. Gone, gone were those days when people knew how to ask. Send somebody ahead. They come, even before they try again, you say, don't worry, don't worry, I will do it. You show me that. Don't you know that when, when situation brings you low, God wants you to stay there until he picks you up? We try to cut corners. You know, when one does not have money, you know, we try to cover it with a lot of debt instead of crying to God. No, as I said, it's not, it's not what I can finish. It's a whole range of how to approach asking God and how to deal with whatever you are in your life. 
every humbling situation is supposed to serve your time there. And serve it not by covering it up. Serve it not by trying to make excuses. Serve it by saying, Lord, this is my station for now. Please get out of the station. People knock on the door. They say, what's wrong with you? Just let them know. Not because you're expecting help from them. David nicely said it. When one funny guy like this was just, you know, messing him around and saying, and somebody wanted to strike him dead. He said, let him say it. It's part of my punishment. Who knows when God will hear him rubbishing me, a whole king in Israel. Maybe he will pick me up. Sometimes some people say things to you, you can fight, but you just give yourself, well, it's my station that makes you to say it. Sooner than later, I will come out of here. I say, time to serve. Then everything will turn to fight. But I know that as we rise up to use Psalm 123 to pray, verse 2, I know without any doubt, a new spirit will rise up amongst us. Hallelujah. And God will do marvelous in our midst. You want to rise on your feet, please? No? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. pressure from your life. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You didn't hear me clearly. I said that pressure. The Lord will remove it in the name of the Lord Jesus. That pressure that has weighed you down so much, the Lord will remove it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you are living here like a wounded lion. Fighting your way through. Refusing to lie down. Pressing hard and I said unto my victory is complete. I will not give up. Because I have the mighty one living inside of me. His name is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Behold as the eyes of the servant. Verse 1 please. Let's start from verse 1 please. Psalm 123 verse 1. 
He said, unto you, Lord, unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, that the eyes of the servant look to the hand of their masters, and the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God until, somebody say until, somebody say until, somebody say until, till he has mercy on us. That's a man that knows how to ask. He didn't say until he answers us. I used to think until he answers us. That is, even when he answers because of his mercy. Eyes look up unto you until, until. I want you to pray that singular prayer and I will pray. And then I trust the Holy Spirit to continue to speak to your heart and my heart. I want you to pray in your own words. Just as the psalmist looked unto you. And he went through the hills and valleys of life. But when he slept in his good old age, he slept in peace. This is a month of great peace. Let my own life be set to today. So that at the good old age, when I lay my head down, because my eyes will constantly be upon you, I will sleep with my house in order. I will sleep with my life in order. There shall be nothing pending because my eyes will constantly be upon you. Might be an opportunity for you for the next one minute or so to speak specifically into your need. You can pray expressively, you can pray silently, but above all, my beloved brother in the Lord, my beloved sister in the Lord, will you please call on the name of Jehovah? Will you please bring your request before him? Oh, yes, as I'm speaking, just, just, just speak over unto the Lord. Speak over the din of my voice. Just speak unto him. Let your heart cry out. Forget about all. Don't, don't, don't say long stories this afternoon. Just say, Lord, this is my need. Don't even say, this is my need again. Just say, this is my need. This is the area that I want you to please have mercy on me. This is the area that I want you to turn around, oh God. Not that I'm deserving, cry unto him. Cry unto him. And propose in your heart that you continue to look unto him until. Might be a prayer for yourself, might be for your job, might be for capacity to do what God has called you to do, whatever it is. Cry unto the only one that answers with fire. And anyone that is in the room, possibly you don't know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, cry and say, Jesus, save my soul. My life is messed up. I can't but walk in sin and unrighteousness. But now, Lord, your power is available to set me free. Set me free. Set me free today. And every other need in the house, cry unto him right now. Just another 30 seconds. By the mercy of the Lord, I will pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. Father, I thank you. God Almighty, I look up to you at this time. Behold, these your children. We all came here with one issue or another this morning. And where else will I have gone if not unto you? My heart cried, my father, today, 
is that every heart cry in this room, by your promises and by that power in your word, let all such problems be resolved in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come not in our power. We come not in our might. We come under the cover of your spirit. And so let the spirit of God reach unto every nook and cranny of our hearts. Every nook and cranny of our lives. And deliver us speedily, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we come with nothing except with problems and loads and loads of them. But you are the burden bearer. Carry our burdens today. Deliver us, O oh God. Let peace reign in our lives and our home this very month in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, hear me. Hear us. Do uncommon, marvelous, and miraculous things, I pray. And let the world know there's a God in the midst of your people. Father, as we live here, enroll us yourself into the school of prayer. Teach us the art of asking and take us deeper in you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. And I'm trusting, Lord, by the end of this month, we shall all return with our testimonies in the name of the Lord Jesus. To you alone shall the glory be given. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.